I'm Emily, and this is From Hustle to Hell Yes, the podcast with insights and interviews about entrepreneurship, the culture of work, and how to build a business that thrives with you. You'll walk away from every episode with ways to create more ease, enjoyment, and effectiveness in your business so you can really play by your own rules. Welcome to another episode of From Hustle to Hell Yes. Our guest today is amazing. I'm so excited uh, to share this conversation. Emily Dela Cruz is our guest today. She is an entrepreneur, author, and trainer with one goal to rescue overworked founders from being held hostage by their marketing. After a decade in corporate America working for top tech and consumer brands, she developed her one-day CMO intensive to train CEOs and their teams on building intentional marketing strategies and workflows, which we talk a lot about in our interview, and especially that not being held hostage part, because it can be so hard to balance the day-to-day work with getting the word out about what it is that you actually do. Her unapologetic approach to life and business has earned her a highly engaged following on social media, features across top publications like Forbes, and the opportunity to work with brands like Staples, Dropbox, Capital One, Black Enterprise, and Coca-Cola. Emily, it is, I'm just so thrilled that you're here to talk with me today. Um, I've been following you for a while. And so I know sort of the backstory and uh, a lot more about you than maybe some of our audience does who's listening right now. And so maybe we could just start with um, you giving us like the two minute down low on like how you started your business and, and where you're at right now. So bring us up to speed. Oh, well, I love to give my backstory because it's kind of a non-traditional entrepreneurship backstory. Everyone sees me and, you know, I have very polarizing and very like serious views, you know, um, online and, and people tend to gravitate towards me and they think like, oh, she must have been like born for this. Right. And I always say I was forced into entrepreneurship. Uh, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always thought, oh, you know, I'm just going to work my way up the corporate ladder and be a CMO in somebody's beautiful office in downtown New York and like make all this money and just like be amazing. Um, but that wasn't the case. So I graduated at the tail end of the recession. So I was lucky enough to have gotten a job um, in Washington, D.C. I relocated. I moved around, um, you know, to kind of chase job opportunities. But I ended up getting laid off twice in one year. So I got laid off in February. I found another job and then I got laid off in November of the same year. And I was like, OK, God, like maybe just not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like maybe I'm supposed to be doing other things. So during that whole entire time throughout my whole career, I've always side hustled. I've always like consulted on the side or had a blog or done something. So I was just kind of like, okay, well, since the job search isn't panning out for me um, and getting rehired, isn't working. Like, let me just kind of like work on my own business in the meantime. And the, in the meantime, turned into, you know, two, almost three years of, of full-time entrepreneurship before I ended up going back to work full-time. And I just really took what I was doing at work in corporate America, and I just made it a service. You know, when I was a social media manager in corporate America, I was managing small business owners' social media pages. When I moved up and became a digital marketing manager, I started creating more like marketing strategies for people. So as I grew in my career in corporate America, my services started to evolve. And that's kind of how I I ended up here today, right? Like a culmination of 10 years of a marketing career is what I get to offer to to business owners every day. Mm, Brilliant. I love hearing the beginnings of somebody's entrepreneurial journey because we each have one that's unique, but almost always there are some pieces of that um, that we can connect to, even though we have different stories, right? You know, over the last, especially the last year, I've seen you get a lot more vocal about the power of mindset and like the stories that we tell ourselves about our reality and rooting out you know, the beliefs that we're choosing versus the beliefs that serve us. And even, you know, even as we navigate like the facts of life, right. Because there are Mm -hmm. some facts that are just like, that is just the reality that we're living in. So what, what has caused that shift? And can you tell us a little bit more about where your, your thoughts are on that? Yes. So uh, what had happened was, um, I went through a very difficult season, right. Um, 
right when I jumped into full-time entrepreneurship, I noticed that I wasn't built up mentally for the entrepreneurial journey, right? I had always had this very linear view of life. You go to school, you graduate, you get married, you have kids, you work a job and that's it. So when I became an entrepreneur, like my sense of identity kind of like shifted a little bit. And I was like, who the hell am I without a job? And then when I became a full-time entrepreneur and I was burnt out, it was like, well, who the heck am I now that, you know, I'm just Emily, the marketer. Right. So I started to kind of like get into this, like this ebb and flow of like my emotions and my feelings. And some days it was really, really great. And other days I was like, F this whole business, I'm going to throw the whole thing away. I'm just going to find a husband and I'm just going to like be somebody's rich wife because like, this just can't be it. Right. This just Mm -hmm. cannot be what it is. Um, and so I started going to therapy and I just kind of like got right with the Lord, like, you know, kind of uh, became closer to God. And as I grew spiritually, I started to become really interested in like the science behind our emotions. Just like, what are we like this? Like, why do we struggle so much? Why do we always have to, um, you know, convince ourselves of certain things? So I started, you know, studying like neuroscience and emotional reprogramming. And um, then I started studying neurolinguistic programming. Um, And the more and more that I learned to heal myself, the more and more that I realized like this is so applicable for everybody else in my position Mm -hmm. because. In entrepreneurship, we all try to be the authority and we all want to seem perfect online that nobody wants to be the vulnerable, the vulnerable one to be like, I'm actually struggling. And here are some of the things that work for me. So I was just so sick of like being the only one or you know, people who were having these conversations didn't look like me. They were like, you know, older white men or like girls in like their mid twenties. And I'm like, well, you, I can't relate to you. Cause like, you're just younger than me. And like, you haven't even experienced life. And then the older people, I'm like, you wouldn't even grow up with social media. Like you definitely don't know what I'm going through. So I kind of like felt alone. And I was like, well, since nobody wants to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it and kind of like see, you know, if other people feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love hearing about how, um, how you've gotten into, you know, digging into, you know, the neuroscience and the psychology behind Mm -hmm. this, because I think we used to think of this as very woo woo. Like it was very much Mm -hmm. in the like sort of spiritual space. And, you know, I'd love to hear maybe some of the studies that have impacted your perspective on mindset, because I want to, I want to circle back to some of what you said after we dig into some of that science. For sure. I really, really would say my first kind of like aha moment with like neuroscience and and emotional reprogramming is uh, a woman called Thais Gibson. And she actually has a really popular YouTube channel called the personal development school. And, you know, like a a lot of women, it was like, I'm going to find myself now that I am post breakup and I'm going to be the best version of myself ever. Right. And, uh, as I started to like, start, I was Googling, like how to get over your ex, like, you know, all that, like, crazy stuff um, Mm -hmm. that you do like when you're heartbroken. So as I was like researching that, I came across attachment styles. And in her YouTube channel, she talks about emotional reprogramming and emotional mastery and understanding that when we're young, when we're kids up until we're like eight or nine, we're getting all these programs right? All of these beliefs are being um, ingrained in us subconsciously Mm. without us even realizing it that we carry into adulthood. So regardless of how many affirmations we say or what we believe um, on a conscious level or what we even try to accomplish, we then always are going to default back to whatever our program is. So if I believe that make money is hard, I'm always going to attract situations that make me work hard for money. I'm always going to find jobs that make me work hard for money. I'm always going to feel like I never have enough money. Even if I'm an entrepreneur, even if I have a great salary, even if, you know, on the outside, I'm looking for ease. If I've been, you know, programmed, if I subconsciously believe that making money is difficult, then I'm going to 
create that environment around me because biologically our bodies want to keep us safe and they're always going to prove us right you know and what people don't realize is like it's a lot more biological and like scientific than just the woo woo i'm following the universe like spirit told me it's like no there's actually biological responses to when we're afraid how we fall in love how we you know operate in on a day-to-day basis See, I love hearing this because it starts to to sort of round out what we what we know spiritually and what we follow spiritually yeah. with what what we know to be true scientifically, which is more and more of that yeah. is coming out now. We're starting to learn more mm-hmm. and more of that. I mean, there's stuff out there now that wasn't out there even five years ago, right? And I, I want to talk a little bit about this cultural training and those beliefs that we get from our culture, especially, I especially like to talk about this as hustle culture or toxic capitalism, because I find that culturally we really, really identify with our job. Right. And so when we lose a job, whether whether we leave it on purpose or we're let go for whatever reason, there's a kind of like mini identity crisis that can happen there. And part of that. Yes. Yeah. Part of that has to do with this sense of your job as your identity, your productivity as your self-worth. Right. And that your value is tied up in what you're producing. You know, can we talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like that is one of the biggest issues that we bump up against, even as entrepreneurs, is productivity Mm -hmm. is self-worth. And it can lead us to take advantage of ourselves, like exploit ourselves um, Mm -hmm. in ways that we're trying to to avoid by being entrepreneurs. Like so many people become entrepreneurs to have time freedom and flexibility. And then like somehow we don't allow ourselves to have that. Can we talk about this? Seriously. You know what I always ask people to think about? It's like for so much of our lives, right? We were rewarded based on like what we did, right? So you have to be a good student, right? There's perfect attendance awards. So you're getting awarded on just showing up, right? That then we carry those things into adulthood. So we think social media is a perfect example. We think, oh, if I show up on social media, if I post every day and I check those boxes, I'm good. Why? Because we think that attendance is enough, right? We think that attendance is the thing that we need to be striving for, like being visible, being present, whatever, right? And then when we're in this whole structure of like grades and going to school and going to class, and we just live this very structured, rigid life for so long that when we break out of that we don't even know what to do with ourselves. We start to feel guilty, right? Because it's like, oh, if, if I take a if I take a day off, right? Before your mom used to have to write a note for you to, to be sick from school or yeah. you have to ask for time off um, for work from your boss. So when you're your own boss, you start to feel a lot more pressure and we don't give ourselves permission to really design a life that we want because we've been conditioned for so freaking long, you know? Mm-hmm. And one thing I always remember, or I was like to remind myself of is I'm valuable and I'm worthy regardless of what I do. I'm valuable and worthy because of who I am, but our salaries are tied to, you know, our, our job titles. So the, the bigger, the job title, the more money, right. That we're perceived to have the more money that we perceive to have, the more successful we're perceived to be. So we're just constantly chasing these labels that will allow was to be perceived in a certain way, even if the current reality may not be what it is, you know, what we want to perceive it to be. So it's really one of those things where therapy is the only thing that really helped me work through this, where I would like literally sit with my therapist and I'm like, oh, you know, like whatever, like this campaign isn't going well. Like, I I just feel like I'm such a bad marketer. Like, I feel like it's not working out. And she's Mm -hmm. like, are you a bad marketer or did the Facebook algorithm change? Are you a bad marketer or is this a project that was rushed, right? So when you start to look at all those external factors outside of you, you're like, okay, I'm actually not that crappy. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm not uh, paying attention and I don't have like the right perspective to see it from a different lens, but we're just, we've just so used to being rewarded for, you know, the labels that we have, CEO, this, that, the fourth, that it's like, when you take those things away, it feels like, oh, I'm not enough. Like me just being a woman from the Bronx who loves yoga, just it just doesn't seem like enough or like people will care about it. So I have to layer on, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I was in 
Forbes and I was this to kind of make myself feel a little bit more important and to add that credibility in my relationships with other people. But once we all kind of we strip all of that away, then we start to really understand, like, who are we at the core and why do people in our lives like really love us? All of the people that truly, truly love me the most, they don't benefit at all from my marketing expertise or from the fact that I'm an entrepreneur. They love me because I'm funny or because I'm caring or, you know, because I I, I made them breakfast. Like it's just little things like that, that you start to uh, ignore or or not consider as valuable when you're stuck in like that rat race and that hustle culture of, you know, money equals success and success equals money. Yes. Ah, yes, this. So, um, you know, a lot of what you're talking about has to do with sort of our relationship to ourselves, right. And how we see ourselves Mm -hmm. and where our places in, in the world that we're living in. And when we, when we start to put that on someone else to define, when we put that outside of ourselves, that's when we run into things like burnout. That's when we end up, I mean, that is, one of the quickest paths to get to burnout is to just like deny that, that connection to self and, and that identity that you define just through your existence. Right. Uh, It's so good to hear you talk about this because I feel like the more that we talk about this and the more that we shine a light on it, um, the easier it is to recognize when we're falling into that trap ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I work with entrepreneurs who are like primarily in their first five years of like being full-time in their business. And a lot, a lot of folks I work with are even still side hustling. So they haven't even gone full-time in their business yet, but, um, you know, for folks in that part of their journey, you know, there are some pretty specific mindset traps that, that they're likely facing. So can we talk about some of those that you've noticed and maybe what's a better approach for them or some simple things that can help them shift away from those traps that, um, that we've been talking about and climb out of that negative storytelling cycle? Like, how do we do that? You know? Yes. It's hilarious when, people think that I've like always been a full-time entrepreneur and I love it because I'm like, I freaking hate this. Okay. And if there was an easier way, I would be doing it, but I haven't found it. So here I am struggling with all of you. Um, but what the biggest thing that I've learned, and even like with my clients that I coach, um, we tend to want to delegate or outsource our agency. And what I mean by that is because of the increase of so much online information and online education and coaching programs and all of that, we start to think that the answers that we're looking for are in the next coaching program, are in the next milestone, are in the next revenue, you know, a mark. And when we don't hit those marks or when we don't get that, you know, positive reinforcement, right, where it's like, oh, we put a live, the live didn't go viral. I feel personally attacked. I'm internalizing that. And now it's like, I'm a failure. I'm bad at social media. My business will never be great. Right. And it's like, what if it was just the strategy didn't work and it actually has nothing to do with you. Right. Like mind blow, mind blowing. (laughs) Right. Right. And And when we stop taking things, you know, people say like, don't take things personally, but to take it a step further, it's like, you cannot internalize every bad thing that happens, especially in business to say something about you. Right. Even in relationships, like, oh, well, you know, my relationship didn't work out. I was this, or maybe you and that person just were not a good match. And you are as Gwyneth Paltrow says, consciously uncoupling to go couple yourself with the right person, right? So how about we Mm -hmm. consciously uncouple from all the BS that just doesn't work for me, right? If I don't want to go and post every single day on Instagram, I'm not going to do it, right? Because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be miserable trying to follow the advice of somebody who actually enjoys what they're doing, right? They enjoy posting every day. And because it worked for them, they're like, oh, well, the solution to be successful on social media is to post three times a day, right? So now we're focused on the tactic that worked for one person instead of figuring out the strategy and unpacking the strategy that works for us. So 
the biggest like negative storytelling cycle is when we start to internalize things and we start to ignore what we actually want Mm-mm. for our mm-hmm. business because we have to follow somebody else's blueprint again to be successful. Oh, if I want to hit a six figure year, I have to do 500 webinars. Or if I want to, you know, hit a six figure year, I have to run all these Facebook ads or I have to do this. And it's like, you don't have to do anything, right? Right. You do not have to do any freaking thing. And that's the biggest thing that side hustlers and full-time entrepreneurs should lean into. It's like, there's nobody that's going to design a business that feels good to you outside of you. Right. And it's your job to find the people, the program, the resources that resonate, that feel good and that really align with what you want to accomplish because not, there's no one size fits all. And once we give ourselves permission to find like what works for us in partnership and business and life, mm-hmm. it literally will like open up a world of opportunities because you're not going to keep trying to force yourself into a box that you don't fit in and that you don't want to be in in the first place. Yes, this is so important. This uh, That word alignment is so important. I really underestimated when I first got into business, how important it is to align with the voices that I'm listening to. So whether it's it's a, a mentor that, I, that I'm paying to coach me or somebody that I'm following on Instagram, whatever those voices are that I'm paying attention to, um, if they're not in alignment and I'm trying to follow their stuff, it's just, it's just not going to work, right? Because we yep. aren't lined up. And one of the hardest things to do is to take somebody else's strategy that they're teaching you and like learn to make it your own, right? Like you really have yep. to know some things about yourself and how you like to work and yes. zero in on those. And when you stop and you pause long enough to recognize like, well, what do I really like? And how can I use that to market my business? Suddenly things start to click into place, but you have got to do that hard searching work first. Nobody else can do it for you. You know, mm-hmm. totally. What have you found? Look at me interviewing you on your own podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> what have you found to be like some of that work? Because yeah. even for myself and, and even with my clients, like, it's like, I wish I could just pour 30 years of life into them and be like, these are all the things I learned now go and find yourself. Um, But what are some of the things that you have kind of found with like, you know, being able to like sit with yourself and really acknowledge like what aligns for you? Yeah. So, um, it's really, it's going to, it's a couple of things. First, I worked really hard on core values because I think Mm. that core values are like, preach, right? Like it's like, if there is an easy button in business, it is knowing your core values and sticking with those to guide you no matter what decision you're making. If you make them based on your core values, you will never make a bad decision. You will never regret a decision. You might not like the results, but you will never regret it because you will have made it based on something that really truly matters to you. And that can never be wrong. Right. So that's one thing is like really honing in on that. Right. So like, it's kind of like outsourcing, but it's like based in something that's really grounding to you. Um, And the other thing is um, being able to create space for me to process what I actually Mm -hmm. want to do. So one of the things that I preach is to like, if you don't like to journal, cool. Like Don't sit down in front of that page and try to write, whether it's like on your laptop or in a journal or whatever. If you're more of a verbal processor, find a Mm -hmm. way of capturing that, right? Like Otter AI is free and you can like record something like 6,000 minutes a month for free. It's ridiculous how much you can get transcribed that way. Like just walk around with Otter transcribing you as you talk into it. I personally am more of a verbal processor. So what I like to do is Mm -hmm. I like to go on walks. And if I'm struggling with something, whether it's um, figuring out like what's urgent versus important because solopreneur over here, if it happens in my business, I'm the one doing it. Right. And so sometimes when stuff gets busy, um, I got to figure out what's urgent and important and what can wait right? Like what's just Mm -hmm. urgent, but not actually something that I need to be spending my, my attention on and my time on. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference there. So those are the two things that I kind of lean on really hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's so freaking good. And it actually reminds me, I did a podcast on burnout yesterday and I like did all this research. And one of the five or six factors of burnout is like you being misaligned, your values being misaligned with whatever you're doing. So whether that's your business or your job, there are, you have core values. So if you really value, let's say freedom, but you work at a very rigid nine to five, of course, you're going to feel suffocated. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was like, I don't even really know what my values values are, right? Like we craft this whole resume with all of our qualifications. And it's like, I haven't ever probably like maybe on team retreats or or work things I've sat down, but I'm like, in the last maybe three years, I haven't really sat down to think about, okay, now that I've turned 30, And like, you know, it's like the moment you go from 29 to 30, it's like, you're a new person. (laughs) Um, And I was like, you know, I never really sat down to kind of like reassess, like what's valuable to me now? Like, what do I value at this stage in my life? Because what I valued when I was 25 and I was like hustle and work hard and team, no sleep. And, you know, wearing that badge of honor of being Mm -hmm. burnt out is not the space that I'm in now. And I definitely think that so many of us don't give ourselves that space to just think about like, what are my values in this season? And I have permission to change my mind from last season, right? So whether it was last month, last year, two years ago, like if I valued freedom in that season and I don't value it anymore, that's okay. You know, it's okay for us to change our minds, but we feel like, oh, well, you know, five years ago in one YouTube video, I said that TikTok was the way to go. So now I need to be stuck on TikTok or one time, five years ago, I said that I was only doing passive income products. There's no way I can go to high ticket now. And it's so much BS that we tell ourselves because we just feel like we are being held accountable by this invisible mm-hmm. council of business owners somewhere that doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I love sure. that core values part because, whoa, I need to do it. I need to do a little exercise on that today. Yes. Yes, girl. <laughs> Listen, I, I preach the value of core values all the time. You know, I want to shift focus a little bit, but not too much because, um, this does relate, um, to marketing, right? So, um, I really, (laughs) if you are faking it till you make it, if you don't like feel confident in what you're doing, if it feels out of alignment, um, Mm. you know, if there's something like behind the scenes that isn't like matching up with what you're putting out there in your marketing, it's, it's like just not going to get the results you're after, is it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah. And so either because you like half-assed the execution or you aren't owning your message fully <laughs> or, you know, your yeah. actions are out of alignment with like who you are and what you believe. Can we dig into this mindset stuff? Because this is really where the rubber meets the road in our marketing, right? Yes. I love that you said that you you half-ass it, right? Because it all comes back to like our limiting beliefs and, mm-hmm. you know, our, our, re- our programs, right? Yeah. And what I always encourage people to consider is the same way that you can tell when somebody is being inauthentic on the internet is the same exact way that people can see right through you. Mm -hmm. So I can tell when I'm scrolling on Instagram, where, when somebody is creating content because they feel like they just need to check a box versus like they genuine, genuinely enjoy creating the content. Right. I can tell when people are mimicking or copying a strategy versus when they're implementing or executing a strategy in their own kind of way. And it all comes back down to the limiting belief of I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. That's what it all comes down to. Right. I'm not enough to show up on Instagram live. I'm not enough to you know, write good blog posts or create podcasts or whatever, because we all have this gut feeling, um, in, you know, that we, we have this like inkling and this gut feeling of like, oh, I should probably do this, but immediately we self-sabotage ourselves. And we're like, oh, well, I can't do this because of blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you have that gut feeling and if you have that nudge and if you have that inkling, whether it's live video or podcasting or networking events, direct mail, Facebook ads, whatever it is, you probably have that nudge for a reason. And often we don't follow that nudge because, oh, well, our business coach said this or right. that's not trendy right now. We have to do this. Or, you know, so and so made a million dollars in seven minutes. In, on Shopify. So I got to go get on Shopify and sell bath bath bombs now, you know? So we, right. we don't, um, we just always feel like we're not worthy of whatever it is that we actually want. And we're always trying to copy somebody else. So that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest, biggest, biggest limiting beliefs that entrepreneurs have is just like, 
I'm not worthy of X. I don't have enough X. It can't possibly be this easy. It can't possibly be this simple. And we overcomplicate the whole scenario. And when we are forcing ourselves to show up, we're going to always show up half-assed, right? We're always going to show up, um, very obviously like trying to check a box versus coming from a place of of gratitude, coming from a place of service, coming from a place of excitement. You know, if I made $5 million tomorrow and I retired, I would still talk about these things with the same passion because they Mm -hmm. light me up and I enjoy them. But when you have a business or a business model that you're literally just doing for the check, it shows, you know? So Mm -hmm. it really just all comes down to a feeling of worthiness and being worthy of the type of business that you want, worthy of running and marketing your business how you want and not letting, um, you know, the online internet pressure force you to feel like you have to, you know, put on this mask and be perfect online mm-hmm. for the sake of sales. Like I always say, um, I'm not going to be performing for my audience. Like I'm not going to be putting on a show. You're going to get who I am authentically. If that resonates with you, great. We're aligned. We can work together. But if it repels you, that also serves me because now I'm not working with people who I haven't been called to serve. And the Mm -hmm. only people that we do a disservice to when we pretend to be somebody else is ourselves because we end up with clients that we hate, with businesses that we hate. Our family and friends are sick of us, fed up. Our therapist is like, if this girl comes in here one more time talking about Facebook ads, like I'm going to lose it, you know? So it's just like, girl, you and everybody around you is miserable. So just like get on the get on the train, get on the self-prioritization train, get on the self-actualization mm. train um, and you'll get much farther. And a lot of times we feel something in our bodies before our mm-hmm. conscious brain picks up on it. And those signals allow us when we pay attention to them, they allow us to trust ourselves. Right. And then we can go confidently make those decisions. We can confidently get on our Facebook live or do our Instagram reels in ways that like, you know, we know align with us because I guarantee you, if you're doing something and it, and, uh, it doesn't align with you, you're going to come across uncomfortable. And you know what uncomfortable says to people? It says, don't trust me because you're not trusting yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That's the perfect, perfect, perfect connection because that's what it really comes down to. It's like, you're not even confident in what you sell. And because you're not mm-hmm. confident in what you sell and what you're doing, you don't show up and market it fully. And it shows like when people have launches and they, you know, they do like the bare minimum for their launch. I'm like, they're not excited about their program. Why would anybody else be excited about their program? They are not excited about their product. Why would anybody else be excited about their product? And it just comes down to that, you know, that imposter syndrome and that insecurity that really like takes over and is really the, the person and the thing leading our business. And Mm. We're trying to show up, you know, even with like lives and stuff like that. Okay, maybe live video isn't the way for you, but maybe it's podcasting, maybe it's writing, right? Maybe you're a a writer, but there's some way that you need to communicate your message about Mm -hmm. your product or service. And if you're excited, you're going to want to tell people about it, right? You're going to want to share. And my um, friend Maya always says this. She always says like, um, selling is serving, right? And by you selling, you're, you get to be in service to the people who really, really need you. But when you don't sell confidently because, you know, you think, oh, my program isn't perfect or, oh, my launch isn't perfect, my graphics, my this, my that, you're going to not be able to reach all of the people that you need to reach mm-hmm. and serve all the people that you need to serve because you're not showing up. And yeah. I even remember like, um, maybe this was maybe 2018, 2019, I, uh, had really bad, like hormonal imbalances and my acne was bad. Like I had never had that type of insecurity in my life. Mm. And my business, I basically just like stopped going live. I stopped showing up. I just was like, I don't want anybody to see my face anymore. Mm -hmm. I got off social media. I was just like really in a, in a bad place, um, with my self-esteem and, when I came to the realization that like, you know, my acne is hindering me from doing something that I actually enjoy, hindering me from being able to get clients and do what I need to do. Like, 
I need to fix this, right? Like I can't keep just hiding behind the acne forever, right? But I know people who are like, they're waiting to lose X amount of pounds before they have the photo shoot. They can't go live because they don't have their makeup done. They can't do X because of Y. And it's like, you're literally just hurting yourself and the people who are waiting for you to step into, you know, whatever it is like, So I went vegan. I did like all these things to like clear my acne. And thank God after like six to seven months, it finally did end up clearing up. But I had to work on like, how do I still show up in spite of not feeling my best? Because what's on the other side of me showing up is so much more valuable than the self-pity that I feel right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's kind of the negotiation that you have to have with yourself where it's like, is where I am right now more valuable than what's on the other side of me showing up? Yes. Yes. Oh, this is so good because there are, so visibility can be such a a tough nut to crack, right? Like it can be really hard to be visible. Sometimes it's because we're terrified of saying what we actually mean because we think we'll Mm -hmm. sound like an idiot or we're afraid people won't like us because of what we say. And those issues manifest in similar ways, right? In our business. So, so what, what, what might we be seeing in our business as a result of, of that kind of feeling that we have? How are the mindset obstacles preventing us from, from showing up, right? And like, what are some of the ways that we can get clear on where we're getting tripped up so that we can start to unpack for ourselves, you know, the same way that you did for your acne? How do we um, you know, reverse engineer that for ourselves so that we can start showing up better. Yes. The first thing that we have to sit down is now, I mean, I'm going to steal this from you, but it's like, figure (laughs) out what it is that you want, AKA like your values. So I always tell everybody like, what do you actually want? Right. Because when you don't Mm -hmm. know what you actually want, and when you don't know the actual business that you want to design, then you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying a whole bunch of different things and hoping that something sticks. But when you say, hey, I want to build a business where I work three days a week, um, four hours a day. I sell, you know, I don't work with a lot of clients. I sell high ticket. I serve a hundred clients a year, whatever, right? The marketing strategy is formed out of what you want. But Mm -hmm. instead we try to make what we want fit into the marketing strategy. And that's where the stress comes from, right? Because it's like, okay, I am an introvert. I hate people. I hate going live, but I'm going to sell low ticket passive income products that require me to get in front of hundreds of thousands of people a year. Where does that make sense? Right. Where, like, where does that actually make sense? Right. (laughs) So first figure out what you want. Get clear on your personality. So I've done like the disc assessment, Myers-Briggs, like all that. And folks will be shocked to know I'm actually an introverted extrovert. Like I will do this podcast and like give it my all and then do not talk to me for 48 hours. I am now a monk, right? (laughs) Um, Feeling that same here. So because I know that about myself, I space things out purposely so that I can always like show up my best, always show up high energy. Right. Um, so once you kind of have, okay, this is my ideal business. And then these are the things that I know about myself. Then we think about what are out of all of the strategies that are out there, what aligns best with, with what I want to accomplish with the type of business that I want to design and with the type of, um, life that I want to live. After we do those things, then it's time your limiting beliefs are going to be like, girl, this sounds so cute, but no, right? (laughs) All of those doubts are going to start creeping in all of that. And then that's where you have to work within your limiting beliefs and think about what is it that I believe to be true about this situation? And is it actually true? Right? So if I say I want to have a high ticket seven figure business where I only work with a hundred entrepreneurs and immediately what I start doing is, okay, well, according to my calculation, if my group program is $3,000 and I want to work with a hundred people, that's not enough people to make seven figures. And now I'm too focused on the how right? Instead of being focused on the what I want to accomplish, right? Yeah. So I now have to think about, okay, what is, what do I really believe about this situation? Do I believe that um, I'm not going to be able to get a hundred people? Do I believe that I'm not worthy of raising my price? Do I believe, um, you know, that my program isn't good enough to be high ticket? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you start to like, just literally list down, 
all of the reasons why you can't do something are usually your limiting beliefs, right? They're your excuses. And then working through, okay, is that actually true? And finding ways for you to to fill the gaps, right? So if I know that I want to build, like for me, I really wanted to build, um, a high ticket business, but I was so sick and tired of like agency life. Agency yeah. life was kicking my butt. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I know that I still want to serve clients in a one-on-one capacity, but I don't want to do an agency. What are the other options? And literally when I made that decision, I started seeing a whole bunch of um, ads by um, Jordan Gill from System Saved Me, who yes. she teaches VIP days, right? And I was oh, like, man, I, oh, love, her so I much. love the idea of VIP. Like, yes, but it's like, it's something that wasn't even in my awareness, right? Because I wasn't looking for that at the time. But yes. it's like the moment that I made the decision that I was like, oh, okay, I work in one capacity, but I don't want to work in agency. And I was like, you know, God, angels, universe, what's next? And just being open to like receiving, I came across a Facebook ad that was like, oh, here's the answer to VIP days, right? But had I not sat down to think about what kind of business do I want? What do I know about myself, right? And what are the strategies that are available to me to to develop that? And then really started to challenge myself with what were all the excuses as to like, why can't, like, why can't I have a seven figure high ticket business without working for a whole bunch of people? When I started doing that work, I was like, oh, I've been self-sabotaging my whole career. I've been literally self sat It didn't matter. The lives don't matter and the posts don't matter. And all of that is just a, um, uh, an outcome of like your excitement and your alignment in your business. Because when you're, once you're excited and you're aligned in your business, promoting it becomes easy because you want to tell everyone, you literally want to shout it from the rooftops. Like, Oh my God, I have this amazing thing. Tell your friends, tell their friends to tell their friends what mm-hmm. you need. You need, you want to get on a sales call. You need a discount. Like girl, what you kind of like become like Oprah. You're like VIP day for you. VIP day for you. Everybody gets a VIP day. Like <laughs> you're just so freaking excited, you know? Yes. Yes. And that excitement really comes from, from that alignment that, you know, unfortunately so many people and don't give themselves the opportunity to, to find because they're mm-hmm. just so focused on like that next dollar. Um, so for a lot of the side hustlers that listen to you, I would also um, recommend like if you know that money right and financial security is, is a very important value for you, then stay in your job for as long as possible until you find the full time business model that feels good to you because when you rush from side hustling to full time because we have this belief like oh well if i have more time in my business i'll make more money which isn't true mm-hmm. right <laughs> when you think oh well if i just could work on my business 40 hours a week and instead of having a job i will make more money and be able to replace my income you rush out of your job you end up in a business that you actually don't love that you hate that maybe your your profit margins suck or you know you you're not in the in the right um space or place and now you're you hate your business too right and then you get you end up in this cycle of well mm-hmm. i need money but in order to make more money i need more time oh but now i don't have any time because you know and you end up in this yes. like never ending, never ending loop downward spiral you know yeah. um so if you're a side hustler definitely find that alignment first and then like jump out the window to do the full-time thing because it's ghetto either way. It's ghetto in the full-time entrepreneurship streets. It's ghetto in the full-time job streets. It's just ghetto. Like if you know a rich man with an inheritance that's about to die, like that's really your best bet at this point for happiness because like you're not going to find all of this joy all of the time mm-hmm. um, in business or in work. You know, it's, you have to find your joy outside of, um, of your business and outside of work, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes too. So God bless. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is, uh, the preach. So, you know, some of what, what I was thinking about while you were talking is that, you know, when we're thinking about our business goals, um, sometimes we forget, like we have, we put a model in our head of what that business should look like without thinking mm-hmm. about like, but how do I want to feel? right? Like, and what's Mm going to get me there, right? Because like a lot of times I hear, I hear people say, just like you said, you know, I want to work three days a week. I want to work with this many people and they've got this, like these hours mapped out. Right. Mm -hmm. But they, but they don't know what that gives them on the other side. Like, yes, of course, Mm -hmm. working three days a week sounds really sweet. Right. But like, what do I want to feel 
about my business and and how can I get that feeling, right? How can I get the mm-hmm. feeling that I want to, what feeling do I think I get from working three days a week, right? Like what is yes. that supposed to gift me with? Because when you start connecting that those dots, instead of being tied hard and fast to like a certain number of hours with a certain number of clients, then some mm-hmm. magical things start to happen because you can start to give yourself what you want and need from your business right now, instead of like mm-hmm. someday in the future when you're able to work three days a week, because listen, yeah. entrepreneurship is hard for a reason. It's going to bring out all of your insecurities. It's going to challenge you in ways that you have never been challenged before. And the thing that keeps you going will not be, but I'll be able to work just three days a week if I keep at it. Like that is not going to get you through that shit. (laughs) Like you're going to have to connect that to what does that get me really? Right. Does it get Mm -hmm. me more time with my kids or my partner? Does it get me more time with my mom? Like what are the things that you're going to be spending that other time with that are actually important to you? Right. And I just thought like, ah, yes, because like, that's exactly what you're getting at is that feeling that we're supposed to tap into that makes it worth it. Right. Yes. Yes. And as you were talking to, I was also thinking about how, when we have this like false sense of urgency and when Mm. we're in this like, um, hustle mode, it translates into our customer journey as well. Right. So when we're marketing, people don't understand like marketing is, it's just a customer conversation that happens on multiple channels over a longer period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're showing up frantic, right, you're not communicating the value of whatever it is that you're offering. So the person that's trying to make a buying decision, that's trying to even see if you're a possible solution for them, they can't even receive the information because they're so distracted by how you're showing up, you know, and you end up attracting people you end up designing a marketing and a sales process that feels very frantic, that feels very based in scarcity, right? You're like, mm-hmm. five days to apply, if I get you shut down, fast action bonus, a discount, this, you know, you, you're so all over Gosh. the place that then yes. you attract people who are also all over the place. And that's where you get the pain in the butt clients, right? The, the mm-hmm. needy clients, because you, we don't want to admit it, but it's like, When you're needy in your marketing, you attract people who are going to be needy as well, right? So if I'm over here like, okay, I'm going to give bait and switch them. I'm going to have them download the lead magnet and then I'm going to send them 12 emails. But then at the end of the email, because they didn't buy, I'm going to give them a $500 discount. And then if they don't do that, I'm going to give them another bonus. And it's like you cater to them throughout the whole sales process. So by the time they actually show up and become a client Mm -hmm. or a customer, of course, they're going to be a pain in the ass because you just bent over backwards in your marketing process because you weren't confident in what it was that you were offering. So you kept changing and you kept switching. Yeah. And this has to do with honesty too, right? Like being transparent and honest with people and setting their expectations properly will do you so much good, even when you're feeling unconfident, right? Like being clear about what you deliver and then delivering exactly that. Like you don't Mm -hmm. have to under promise and over deliver. That's not a, that's actually a terrible business model, right? The best thing to do is to make your promise, stick to it and deliver on that, right? People are so not used to experiencing that, that it will actually blow their minds. Like I've actually, I've done this a few times where, um, I've met with, with, um, clients who, who are like, wait, you're wait, like you, you just did, you, you're not going to pitch to me on this call. Like, no, because that's not what I told you was straight up told you no sales. There won't be sales on this call. Right. And so what do I get out of that? Well, I get to sit down with a human who's interacting with my business and hear why they're interested in what I'm doing. When we start Mm -hmm. to build our business on relationships and trust, suddenly all of these things start to click into place. You're going to start getting raves from people Um, who are interacting with your business. You're going to start seeing Mm -hmm. progress in a way that you haven't yet if you're still in the place where you're struggling to find those folks and attract them and get visible with them. Because honest to goodness, this online business world has, full disclosure here, I did not mean to start an online business. It was not my goal when I went full-time. That was not what I was planning to do. But guess what? Four months after I went full-time, we were all in lockdown. 
So Mm. it was kind of one of those situations where it was like, either figure this out or you're going to have to go and get a job again. Right. So, um, which in lockdown was sincerely unappealing, right? (laughs) Very. It's still unappealing now. Hence the great resignation. And some of the tactics that you were talking about, the timers and the fast action bonuses and all of this stuff to me just looks like bells and whistles that are unnecessary because if your product is good, the one that you're actually selling, you don't need those bonuses. All you need to do is deliver the promise that you told me about. Right. And, and I feel like we get so tied up in like giving people extras that we forget that what we're selling is actually good enough. And if it's not good enough, then maybe we need to readdress that first or readdress our confidence about it. Right. Yep. That's, that's really what it comes down to. And again, in 2015, Emily would have been having a different conversation with you, right? Emily yeah. would have been like, okay, when you launch, you need to have a whole sequence and you need to do this and you need to do that. And, you know, you need to put a countdown timer, you need to create urgency and you need to create FOMO and blah, blah, blah. But as I started to evolve as an entrepreneur and as I started to see, again, business as a way of serving people, me scaring you into purchasing from me is not going to be a good situation for you because now you have buyer's remorse, right? Mm-hmm. You're freaking miserable. I Because of the countdown timer, you decided to give me like the last $500 in your bank account right before you were about to get married or have a baby or move across the country or whatever. So now you're not showing up in the best place to even receive what I'm trying to give to you. And yes. then I'm miserable because now I have in my program who's not going to get results right yes. or even with like um products and services and things like that like you know with black friday you know how many people are like not shopping because they're holding their breath for black friday and mm-hmm. it's like you know what what if you just provided great value all year round instead of just waiting for black friday to hit so that you can have this massive burst of sales or this massive like i literally bought these beat headphones and they were 199 I got home two days later and I saw a Target ad that the Beats headphones were, were now $99. So you know what I did? <laughs> you I'm took taking Target, things right the F back <laughs> and I'm getting my hundred girl. And then it's like, see, if it's like, if the sale or the, the fake sense of urgency didn't exist, then I wouldn't be taking the headphones back. Right. So are the mm-hmm. headphones really worth $99 or are they worth $199? Like where are we at with it? Boom. You know? This is it. Yes. It's just like, yes, we can definitely discount and create sales and kits and, you know, we can create incentives. I think incentives are, are great in business, you know, for, for cash injections. But if your whole business model is incentive based, are people buying the incentives or are people buying because they want the value that you're selling? Right. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted the Beats headphones. So it didn't matter if they were $199 at the time or if they were not. I was going to buy it because I needed headphones and I was in the airport, you know. But when mm-hmm. we start to like build our business, like the Fashion Nova model, where it's like every day is a sale, every day it's a promotion. It's like, girl, like, do you even believe in what you're selling or what are we doing here? You know, because right, the problem is almost never price. Right. The problem is almost never price. Right. The problem is that people don't understand what you're selling, what the value is. And Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe in it is going to, it matters, right? It matters for for the people who want to buy from you, who are curious about what yes. you have to offer. And it's so funny to hear you talk about how we would be having a, a different conversation today if this was happening like in 2015, because like the online space was so different then, right? Mm-hmm. And we, and it's so much different now. And especially post pandemic, I think that there's been a lot of chatter around how we run our businesses and how that actually manifests on the front end. Right. So it might be happening behind the curtain, but it is definitely showing up uh, on the front end, you know, for everyone to see. So be careful about what you do behind the scenes, like make sure it's in alignment with you and does what you want it to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always encourage people to like, when you think about a lot of my my coaching framework is based around like the customer journey because we build businesses so much about like what we want to manipulate our customer mm-hmm. to do versus like what is our customer already doing and how can we meet them where they're at and what i find is there's so much um uh, like energy around trying to convince somebody that they need you versus mm-hmm. um trying to 
showcase why you're the best fit. So the the best example I could give is like, if somebody is struggling with something, right? They have certain symptoms. So I'll Mm -hmm. use the acne example, right? So I have acne and and now I'm searching for a solution, right? I'm searching, I'm searching. And I'm like looking for my symptoms and I find out somehow that, oh, my acne is actually linked to my hormones, right? Now I just became problem aware because I know that, oh, my symptom, which is acne is linked to my hormones, which is my problem, right? Right. Now I'm going, now I'm solution. Now I'm looking for a solution, right? I'm solution aware. So I know, okay, if I want to balance my hormones, I can take vitamins. I can do hormone replacement therapy. I can get back on birth control, whatever, right? Now I have all of these options and I have, I'm solution aware, right? We try to talk to people like, Hey, if you have acne, it's your hormones. You have five days to buy this thing. That's going to solve your product, your problem. And it's like, you have to close such a big education gap, convincing Mm. somebody and getting somebody to be problem aware and then solution aware, instead of us just spending our energy in what I call like the, in the consideration phase where it's like, they're already solution aware, right? They already know that it's between you and these other five alternatives in the marketplace. You just have to communicate why you are the best option for this type of person, right? If you have PCOS, you getting back on birth control to clear your acne is probably not the best idea, right? right? If you, for me, I hate, I hate swallowing pills. Like that's literally why I had to get our birth control because it was like, baby girl, there's no way that you're even preventing pregnancy with the inconsistency of the pills that you're taking. Right. <laughs> so vitamins was not an answer. was not an option for me. Right. So yeah. I decided to go like the, the dietary route, like the vegan route and like, um, the cleansing route, like the detoxing route, if you will. Um, but if somebody was trying to like sell me, a you know, how to, transform your hormones with vitamins program, it wasn't going to land with me anyway. So you're spending all this money on ads. You're harassing me in my inbox. You're like doing all of this freaking stuff when it's like, at the end of the day, I need to find the best solution for me and the type of person that I am. And if you communicate, Hey, I know that you hate taking pills. I know that, you know, um, getting back on birth control, isn't an option for you. Here is my alternative. And here's why it's a solution for you. Now I'm listening. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this works for me. It works for what I want. And I'm being marketed to when I'm looking for a solution, not when you feel like selling your product. Right. Bingo. And it's like, because you need to make money and because you're having a launch or because you want to fill out your program. If I'm not ready to join the, if I'm not ready to purchase the thing, it's not a good fit. And now everybody's unhappy. You're pissed off because mm-hmm. you haven't hit your launch goals. And I'm pissed off because now you've sent me 72 launch emails and have done 10 webinars and I'm still not buying it. Girl, <laughs> give it up. Give it up. Oh but when gosh. people start to look at that customer journey and really understand like, where's my customer? How are they searching for information? How mm. do they realize you know, that I'm the best solution for them. Not that I'm the only solution or the solution that they need to buy in 72 hours before cart closes. Mm-hmm. We give our customer more freedom to one, breathe and two, actually pick the thing that's going to get them results. And when they get results, we as the business owners win because we get better reviews, we get better testimonials, we get more sales. And it's just the gift that keeps on giving. But when we attract the wrong people and when we serve from a selfish place of, oh, I just need to hit my numbers. I'm going to let any and everybody into my program. I'm going to run ads to every single person that lives in the United States of America. It's like, girl, of course you're tired because you're doing too much. (laughs) It's a lot. And especially if you don't have a team yet, or even if you have a small team, it can just be overwhelming for everyone. Right. Truly, truly. And that's one of the things that I I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, like, you know, they're solopreneurs and they're just like, I'm ready to delegate my marketing, find me a VA. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to hire this VA and what are you going to tell them? Do you have a marketing strategy? Do you have a brand voice? Do you Mm -hmm. have a content calendar? Like what, what is it that you're delegating? People want to delegate without documenting. And Mm -hmm. then they also wonder like, oh, well, I hired a social media manager and they're not making me any money. And it's like, because the social media manager is guessing because you did not provide them with any clarity, you know? So it goes back Mm -hmm. to what we were talking about. Like, what kind of business do you want to build? How do you, you and your desires fit into that? And then what's the strategy that's going to support those things? And then you can hire the people to do the jobs, right? But when Mm -hmm. we don't sit down and 
really like look internally and we keep searching externally for the answers, we're always going to be doing things that don't feel right or that stress us out or that don't make any sense because we're just trying to find these quick fixes. Okay. I'm just going to hire real quick. I'm going to run ads real quick. I'm going to figure out reels. And it's like, are these things actually solving, you know, your problem? Are they filling gaps or are they just like temporary tactics that you're Mm -hmm. trying to use for your benefit right now? You know? A hundred percent. I can literally go on for days. So I'm gonna be <laughs> I feel like, so I am taking up a bunch of your time today. I have just been like thrilled to talk to you. I have one more question and it's yes. what kind of resources do you recommend, you know, like books to read or podcasts to tune into people to pay attention to, you know, for the folks who are listening, who really want to dig into mindset work and or marketing, what are the things that you would recommend? Ooh. Okay. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to journal. Like that is, I I know that we said, if you don't like to write, so, you know, we have a great, what was it? Otter? Otter Otter.ai. Yeah. Okay. Use Otter, but you, we have to, um, empty ourselves out. We are so full of thoughts, so full of emotions, so full of so many things that if we don't intentionally like pour out what we're feeling, whether it's on paper or voice record to a friend, to a therapist, wherever, if we don't empty out, we just do not become a, a vessel to receive anything. You know, we can't get those downloads. We can't figure out where we want to go because we're just so cluttered, you know, with our own thoughts and feelings and emotions. So Mm -hmm. that's definitely a non-negotiable. There are tons of different like journals out there, you know, devotionals, whatever. But I really think the first, first step is for you and your internal system and situation to get on one accord. Mm -hmm. Um, I also love uh, the book. I actually have it here. It's called The Body Keeps Score. which is really, really good. Um, It's called The Body Keeps Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Van der Kolk, Um, got it. And this book is just really good at like helping people understand like what you were talking about, about that like mind-body feeling and just like how your body is basically holding on to all of the things that we experience, whether we realize it or not, and how that just kind of how we show up in the world with all of that trauma and with all of those things. And it really helped me to just really come to terms with why am I the way that I am, right? Why do I, you know, when you get like that, that tight chest or like that gut feeling, or, you know, your, your heart starts racing. Like, why do those things happen to us? Right. Why do we have those emotional responses? So it really helps us to kind of think about like, what is going on biologically and how is that connected to what is going on or went on psychologically? Um, Mm -hmm. So I love, love, love that book. And then um, I definitely recommend the personal development school. So Thais, she's actually out of Canada. And she has a membership community. I think it's maybe like 69 bucks a month. But mm-hmm. if you're like one of those people that are like, you know, therapy just isn't in my budget right now or like a life coach, it's a really great alternative. She has a whole bunch of different like self-paced courses that really help you dive into like your limiting beliefs and emotional reprogramming and understanding, um, you know, how your, your um, what do you call it? your reticular activating system and like how you filter things. And it's just fascinating. Like neuroscience is really, really fascinating. And she just has such an approachable way of breaking it down. Um, and just such a relatable way of breaking it down that it's very easy for like entrepreneurs to digest. So those are like my go-to if you're religious, the good Lord. Okay. (laughs) The Bible church prayer, um, has really helped me as well. But yeah, I feel like the deeper that I dive into myself, the easier all of the external things become. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Visibility is sort of an inside out job. Um, I interviewed uh, Jessica Huey. She wrote a book called Purpose uh, sometime back. She just came out with a new version, but she says that. And I just like, oh, I love that so much. Like it's a visibility is an inside out job. <laughs> you have to do the work inside yeah. first, you know? Yeah, it is. So I, lo- I love that. Thank you for those resources. So yeah. I know that folks are going to want to soak up more of your wisdom. And where can they connect with you, Emily? Yes. So I actually launched a podcast. So I'm on all of episode two. Yay. Finally, the streets have been like, please launch a podcast. So um, I did. You can find me over on Sanity and Success uh, across all streaming platforms and then sanityandsuccess.com. 
And then you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, I'm at Emily Dela Cruz, E-M-M-E-L-I-E Dela Cruz. Um, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes because yes. my mom was like, you know, I can spell it regular, like a normal person, or I can add all of these extra consonants. And she decided to go the extra route. So <laughs> God bless trying to find me. Um, but yeah, so definitely connect with me on Instagram, um, my podcast, Sanity and Success. And then if you are looking for like marketing help or anything like that, you can find me at one day So the word one day Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emily. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking with you today. It is such a pleasure to have finally been able to sit down with you. This one has been a long, long time coming. Yes. Yes. I know. We, but, but months, it's probably like a couple of like three, four months. So yes. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I had truly a blast. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to dive even deeper in today's episode, just go to www.changeagent.studio slash podcast and look for this episode's show notes, sign up for our newsletter, or hit up our Facebook group, From Hustle to Hell Yes, where we discuss and share even more resources for building a thriving business and actually playing by your own rules.